everything can change in a moment. The president's been shot. Theodore Roosevelt did everything he could to be ready for that moment. From executive producer Leonardo DiCaprio. Roosevelt was this fragile child, and his father challenges him to become this force of nature. And Doris Kearns Goodwin. He became the youngest president. He was Roosevelt the Rough Rider. A two-part documentary event. People were saying Roosevelt was going to run for a third term and make himself a tyrant. He was challenging the power structure. There is no good reason why we should fear the future, but there is every reason why we should face it. Theodore Roosevelt, Memorial Day at 8, on the History Channel. Doris. Hi, Jeff. It's I'm so good to see you again. Uh, you too. I am so excited. It's not Memorial Day without speaking to my favorite presidential historian. And uh, <laughs> I, I just thank you so much for joining me today to talk about Theodore Roosevelt on the History Channel, a two-night event. Uh, I watched it and it's just fascinating. Just, just a, a job well done. I'm so glad you watched it. It was a great pleasure for me to work on this project. I loved every minute of it. It was terrific. You know, in 1976, when I was 10 years old uh, in fourth grade, I did my report on Theodore Roosevelt. As I know, I'm a big president's fan when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, Theodore Roosevelt was a cowboy, a soldier, a statesman, conservationist, adventurer, reformer and author. And at 42, the youngest president of the United States. What a resume. Yeah, I think you've captured what's most interesting about him is that a lot of people who go into politics or in any field, they just move up a ladder from one step to another through a narrow pathway. He had such a winding pathway to the presidency that he encapsulated many parts of America in him, starting out as a privileged child, working in the state legislature, seeing tenements for the first time, and then going out and being a cowboy and a rancher, as you say, and then coming back to be police commissioner in New York and wandering around the slums at night, disguising himself so he could see if the police were doing their job and then eventually becoming a rough rider, a soldier in the army and then eventually becoming president. But he brought all those experiences to bear by the time he became president. So he understood all the diversity of American life at a time when there was re real big problems between the West and the East and the North and the South and the city people and the country people, he was able to knit them together under the square deal, which is fairness. I think it's a fundamental human desire for fairness, the rich and the poor, the capitalist and the wage worker. That was his square deal moniker. And like you were saying, you know, his personal tragedy, losing his mother and his wife within three hours of each other, uh, and then going West to become a cowboy to kind of find himself and, and to, to, to discover what he was, his, his personality, and to the social reforms, like you mentioned, fighting for the working man living in the late 19th century was just miserable in New York City. And that tenement life, I remember in college seeing those photos, but I never connected Teddy Roosevelt with that. Yeah, I mean, he had himself was taken aback and shocked when he first went into one of those tenements when he was in the state legislature. He couldn't imagine that people were living that way of life. And it changed his mind. There was a bill to stop these absentee owners from using these tenements as cigar making factories. And at first he was against it, thinking it was private property. But that's when empathy set in and he saw children and parents sleeping in this tenement making cigars. And he changed his mind and became a champion of the bill. And then over and over again, I think that's when he became deeper and deeper involved in the need for social legislation to deal with the conditions of life in the factories, to conditions of life in the, in the slums. And he became a better person as well as a better leader as a result of it. 
and him being the assistant secretary to the Navy, he's responsible for building up the American Navy and getting America on the world stage. And the Spanish-American War is just, it's time, you know, with the Rough Riders. It's just, I can't believe this is one man's life, all before he was 40. I know. It makes all of us feel, oh, my God, what have we done in our lives? You know, twice your age and have never done all of those kind of things. There was a certain energy that I think he had from the time he was young and a, a feeling maybe the asthma had done it because they thought he would die as a young child. He just figured I've got to live my life to the fullest. And he really fit the celebrity notion of the time. He's really our first celebrity president because he so loved being in the center of attention. He had charisma, you know, it was said he wanted to be the baby at the baptism and the bride at the funeral and the corpse. No, the baby at the baptism, the bride at the wedding and the corpse <laughs> at the funeral. And so you can imagine when you've got that kind of charisma, people's eyes are on you. And he was able to laugh at himself. He was able to strut around and knowing that people are looking at him all the time. And he had the communication skills, short statements that fit that world just as they would fit the Twitter world today. I can see him today as president in many ways. I'd like to bring any of my guys back today, but I can particularly see him coming around today. I, it's hard to choose what my favorite story of TR is of Teddy Roosevelt, but I think him being his assassination attempt and being shot and then giving a nearly a two hour speech while bleeding. I mean, who does that? What kind of man does that? It is an extraordinary thing. I mean, the bullet actually went into his chest. He was bleeding and they said to him, you have to go to the hospital. He said, I will not go until I finish this speech. So it was an 84 minute speech and he was getting weaker and weaker and he finally let them take him to the hospital. But the incredible thing was the speech had been wrapped up in his pocket and was very thick. It was a 50 page speech. They gave very long speeches in those days and somehow the bullet got deflected into the, into the speech and into his spectacle case. So it didn't hit his vital organs, but nonetheless, he was in the hospital for days. They never were able to dislodge the bullet. And yet that speech was given. Yeah, you just sometimes say, who can this guy be? I love about this uh, two-part documentary, T. Roosevelt, his great-grandson, what a spitting image of Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, Tweed Roosevelt, somebody I've gotten to know very well, and he's a great guy. And he really has studied his grandfather, his great-grandfather. He knows them so he can tell the stories about him. And he actually went on the same Amazon trip when he was 40 that Teddy, Teddy himself had gone on when he was at, coming out of office, the one that left Teddy... Teddy Roosevelt with malaria and with, with a lot of illnesses. And this character, the great-grandson figure, I better do it too, but somehow he came through it unscathed, unlike his grand, great-grandfather. It's in the blood. <laughs> you know, and, and Doris- It's in the blood, absolutely. You serve as an executive producer along with Leonardo DiCaprio. Who knew Leo was such a history buff? Well, he not only loves history, but he's a huge conservationist. So I think the legacy that that Teddy Roosevelt left behind of conservation, the national park system, saving the Grand Canyon, saving the sequoia trees in California. And I think for, for Teddy, because of that illness he had as a child, going out into the woods early on and, and developing a sense of belonging to nature while he exercised, really had a spiritual impact on him. And so he is in many ways, that, that's one of the great legacies he left behind to all of us. He just said when they were trying to maybe mine the Grand Canyon or take down some of these beautiful monuments that they have to live on for the children and the children's children. And he spoke very lyrically about it. It was his best writing. He wrote 40 books in addition to everything else and makes you feel crazy that he can do all these things. But in addition to that, the, the best things he wrote were about nature, I think in many ways.
Well, Doris, what an amazing documentary. And I just took away, you know, anything from this two-part series, what one man can accomplish. And he accomplished so many things, just, just such an inspiration. So thank you so much for an incredible look at one of our greatest presidents. And your dedication is just amazing and always a thrill to talk to you. Oh, thank you. I hope we can do it again. We do this regularly. It's great. I love it. Thank you and have a great holiday. Mm -hmm.